2: middle call heavy hey if you guys only knew i mean do it again good afternoon everybody youtube
3: podcasters how you doing i did an incredible open turns out guy didn't hit the record we we had that happen a couple weeks ago but no big deal pivot fast the best part about the internet best part about technology it's like uh, when we were kids playing video games. You screw up, you just press restart, and you start playing
2: again. You just uh, brought the heat to open the podcast, and we were not live. I know. I RIP Robin Williams and Good Morning Vietnam. And maybe people from Vietnam are watching this. You never know.
3: Hope everyone's doing well. And um, and yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Hey, from Middlecoff Ham. You guys know the drill. Use all of our promo codes if you guys ever need beds, employment, or uh, ball trimmers. We got you covered. We'll tell you more about it coming up. Again, we just were at 49er practice, and I hope everyone's doing good. How's everyone How's everyone
2: doing? Uh, did you promote the like and subscribe? Oh uh, Yeah, like, subscribe, like, subscribe, share. Big fan of organic reach, so share the YouTube page.
3: Tell people about it. Share the podcast. Share with your friends. Share with your enemies. When you talk about anything going on, and if you listen to us, just mention it to your other friends that you would think would fall into our demo. Sports fans, guys, preferably a lot of money so they can invest in the advertisers so they keep coming back. This is a business. We're trying to feed our families, even though we don't have any, but maybe one day. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Everything we got.
2: Did you mention the mailbag or was that on the fake open? That we I think
3: that it was right on up? the fake open. So here's what we do. We, we're going to have to, the summer months are right around the corner. There is not going to be m- much going on. Maybe guy will go solo, break down the all-star break and the hot stove trade deadline. That's probably a month or two away. Yeah. I look and, to uh, we're gonna like and we're going to need some content. We're going to need the people. And you guys are a big part of the show. So if you go to Apple iTunes, and I know we were leaving practice and guy said, Stitcher, some guy tweeted at us like, I can't find you on Stitcher. I've never even heard of it the majority of why we talk about Apple iTunes is because you see the pie chart and you talk to anyone in the podcast business that's got any sort of listenership, the overwhelming, not like 60%, like 95% of people listen on Apple iTunes. It's like Tim cook and Steve jobs. They got the market corner. It just is what it is. I mean, we don't control that. You guys do. That's where you listen. So leave a review with your question. Anything. It could obviously be about football. It could be about Trey. It could be about Jimmy. It could be about life. We don't care. Leave your favorite bar. Leave us five stars, preferably some of you guys did one stars. We don't necessarily appreciate that, but listen, <laughs> we do not. This is not the Saudi League. We don't tell you what to do. You can do whatever you want. So do that and I know some people then respond, "I listen on Spotify." Obviously, understand that Spotify exists and they're pretty big too. You can leave reviews there. Now people have told us, you can leave a review there. I just don't know if we're going to stumble upon it. So Apple iTunes is where we will stumble upon it or even YouTube. We you know, we see some good content or comments. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, share the podcast, share the YouTube page. You guys know the drill. Good to see you. Good to talk to you.
2: Good job, John. That's how you start a show. Twice. <sighs> okay, see you guys. <laughs> I say keep going. Let me sit back. Uh, um, that's that's just, it's just a lot. Yeah. If you're listening uh, to this. Smash that uh, record, guys. Smash that record. <laughs> if you're listening to this on Thursday, then you already know what happened in the Warriors-Celtics game. But as we're live on YouTube, or if you're catching this thing Wednesday when it first comes out, Obviously, we're before um, we're before game uh, game three of the NBA finals. So we
3: were just uh, before we hopped on, we were talking Belichick and, you know, Belichick's king of like when the bees are making a run, when the Red Sox are making a run, when the Celtics are making a run, when Danny Woodhead's trying to you know qualify for the U.S. Open. He 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 keeps the local and his people like at the he's smart that way. And uh, he had a Boston Celtics hat on today. They actually kind of had like mid 80s Celtics hat vibes. Going and we were taking. Do you do you expect to see Belichick tonight when you're watching on ESPN? Hundred percent. Yeah. ESPN, not ABC tonight or ABC. Yeah. You know. Whatever. Is Breen back? Uh. Well, Van Gundy got off the Schneid a couple of days ago, so I would yeah. expect Mike
2: Breen. Maybe Mike Breen's like I'm kind of over this. <laughs> Van Gundy might have just had uh, the flu. Yeah. Monkeypox. Might have had monkey monkeypox. I don't think he would have bounced back as fast from. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Maybe they don't appear on his face. I don't quite get it. Yeah, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at manscaped.com promo code ham manscaped.com promo code ham. It is the best in men's grooming right now. You can get the biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet the platinum package 4.0 with the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer the ultra premium body wash the Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, the Ultra Premium Deodorant, the Crop Preserver oh. Anti-Chafing Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Spring oh. and the Anti-Chafing Boxers, plus the Shed Travel Bag to hold onto your goods while traveling, all for 20% off and free shipping when you use the code HAM.
3: Yeah, Manscaped.com, promo code HAM. I, I may or may not have this morning uh, trimmed and done a big trim job. Uh, before I hopped in the shower. And th- you know the best part about the lawnmower 4.0, which is easily their best model, and the 2.0 was awesome, the 3.0 was awesome. How smooth it is, how 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 quiet it is, and how portable it is. You know, the major- we're, we're in our 30s. When we were young, and if you wanted to get one of these things, you usually had to plug it in somewhere. And if you didn't have a plug in your bathroom, it was impossible to get near the toilet. Sometimes you're using a trash can. Mm. And it, it was a lot difficult, more difficult before. USB charging guy, it's you. So it's 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 a handheld thing. There is no court, and it's waterproof. LED light. It's I I just can't rave enough about the lawn mower 4.0. I I do think it is one of the great individual things we've ever pushed on on this show. I'm not, I'm being dead serious for any guy.
2: Yeah. No pushback. So, just push. Yeah. Just just push it. We, the weed whacker. Um, I'm gonna push a. Uh, 20% off free shipping, code ham, manscaped.com, 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com. There's a lot of people out there, John, pushing Manscaped promo codes on you, but ham is the one you should use. It's time to enjoy the finer things in life and get yourself the premium package, the premium platinum package for your own very premium
3: platinum package. Here's what I want you to know, too. So you can find, obviously, Manscaped's a lot of places, like I said if you're thinking about what promo code I'm going to use, if you don't use ours, we'll go out of business. Just no pressure. Yeah. So you better use ours. If you want to ever uh, again. owners
2: yeah. in this content.
3: It's, it's the way for you to
2: buy equity in our content. Use the do promo you, code. Do you hear Bill Simmons say that, uh, before we get to some Niner stuff that Balmer, that Balmer's new Clippers stadium is going to have one side of the stadium with no luxury suites just gonna be like bleacher seats up the whole side to try and make it as loud as possible. I thought it was absolutely genius. it's, it's isn't it? Yes, absolutely genius. If I you know, I was thinking if I were him, now that you're you not c- you couldn't charge you couldn't charge as much for those seats, right? Well, but but see that's the thing, is like, how are you gonna get people in? Lakers tickets, I, don't, I mean, everything obviously gets more expensive. What if he charged in a, a ridiculously low amount of money, like relative to NBA tickets? $75 to get in. Yeah, or yeah, $60, $75. And you're like, well, we're not making as much money. Well, you're already not making as much on the suites. It's not going to affect how much you can pay players. You're rich as hell. So how do you undercut the Lakers? Well, you got to start by getting people in. Do you think that would really work, the reverberation off the wall, like they were talking? I think what he's saying is just it's a wall of seats so that, especially if the seats are metal, which would be a little nuts to have bleacher seats, they're very He's, uncomfortable. He said Rose Bowl-level seats. so that I know, would, which is extremely uncomfortable, right? Would
3: you, would you do the wall, but individual seats and softer? I
2: would do individual seats and just, yeah, just a wall of seats, no suites. I'd make I do, everybody I do think wear... You can,
3: you can fit more people when you do it that way, right? Yeah,
2: you can. I'd make everyone wear a metal helmet or something and then, or like, give every seat like its own little thing they could yell through. Yeah. And, um obviously thunder sticks
3: and you're off and rolling the the problem is balmer's payroll is pretty high. like he does need like he's always going to be right there with the worst. like they're paying a lot of people a lot of money well <laughs> you know he's he's microsoft like everyone keeps saying he's super rich well every other stock in america has plummeted have they just like isn't a lot of his wealth tied to them like if their stock's been cut in half he's had a lot lose some of his wealth now it's paper wealth but still
2: how much cash does he have on hand do you think
3: would you guess he has a bank account where there is over five hundred million dollars in cash? Not, I mean, not, not through the business. I'm just saying his own person, not like the Clippers or you know through another entity. I'm just saying like Steve Ballmer, a Chase, a Wells Fargo, Bank of America USA with an account. Yeah. What would the number you guess?
2: The largest sum of just cash, not stocks or brokerages. Well, how much uh, do you, do you think there's a minimum amount that the NBA requires? Owners to have cash available. It's a good question. Because like I don't fundamentally, know. you shouldn't just keep five hundred million dollars in cash, right? Well, is it money all relative? What if you're worth a billion? You know, fi- uh Fifty billion. That's right? true. That's like his
3: version of keeping fifteen thousand dollars in a bank account. Yeah. If someone's worth a million dollars on paper and you have seventy five thousand cash, it's all. Yeah, that's a, that's a larger percentage than you know right. some of the numbers right. yeah. you can
2: do. I bet he's got a re- like an amount of money that just the amount of things you'd have to buy to put a dent in that cash reserve 500 feels a little high i it probably
3: in the ones would be my guess 100 mil 125 mil yeah i could see something like that
2: billionaires There's, are not as liquid as you think says kenneth
3: well 100 we're not saying that we we are just acknowledging when you are worth 50 80 billion and it's especially a time like now where it's like you know a lot of moving parts you're not that comfortable you know you got to build a stadium i think that's when you cash out and you leave a little People make their best purchases when times get weird, like they are right now. Not when fucking everything's booming, right? Mm-hmm. That's when he makes his money when everything's booming because he's riding the wave. Now he's taking money out and he's waits. So it's like something happens weird. He's ready to pounce. Buy buy some uh, land at a discount. Yeah, or you just you just sh- weird shit. You just never know. Maybe buy you know, used car prices going down. Maybe he buys a fleet of those. Not probably
2: not. <laughs> The average billionaire, Swansong says with a quote which makes it seem like it came from somewhere. uh, The average billionaire only holds 1% of their net worth in liquid assets like cash. I would argue there is absolutely zero chance that
3: that is a real stat. I'm not saying that that's not close. How would they know? Khalil says,
2: ex-Braves baseball player and Falcons. Brian Jordan once told me he keeps most of his millions in Merrill Lynch. Uh, And then Pete on the stream asks, how did rookie wide receiver Danny Gray look in OTAs? Good. Uh, Confused. A good Mohawk thing going, doesn't he? He spent a lot of his time looking at the practice script in his hands because he was not participating. I, I saw a lot of uh, studious nature with the guy. Yep. He was following he had, Brandon
3: Ayuk around. He had the look of, I've been getting screamed at with every play in the playbook since I've been here. I, I have to know this stuff like the back of my hand because he did not look up from the, uh, I, I think usually the piece of paper those guys are holding is the practice script for the day with all the plays. So he goes, "What would I have done?" Like, so I get a mental rep, even though I'm not practicing. Rep number three, my position runs X. Do I would I have known that in the huddle when they call Kyle's crazy play?
2: Right. He is a, to, to be clear. He did not practice Wednesday. He did not practice Tuesday at mandatory OTAs. We were there last week when he. Appeared to tweak his hamstring, was walking around with a Theragun on his hammy, came back into practice. But I don't think he's practiced since whatever last – well, I shouldn't say I don't think he's practiced since last Tuesday because I don't know that. But I know when we saw him last Tuesday, like more than a week ago, something was up with his hammy and they've been holding him out.
3: I would say remove Juwan from the group of Debo, Ayuk, and now him. What we we hit on this all week, and we've been hitting on this now for a while. They're not a very big group, right? Wouldn't you put him in their size category when you just stand around him, body type? He might yeah. be a little taller, but I would not call the, those that trio physically intimidating. I mean, Debo is from a thick standpoint, but just talking height, Trey's not throwing to AJ Brown and uh, and, and DK Metcalf out there, right? Right? right. Yep. <laughs> now. The way you get away with smaller guys is skill, right? And you like the Deshaun thing. If you've ever been around Deshaun, he is tiny. And he was, for a stretch of football, one of the most dangerous players in the league for over half a decade. So it's skill. I think coaches would tell you this. And Kyle mentioned this when we asked him about Jawan Jennings. At the skill positions is more important than size, right? There have been a lot of big players that couldn't function. And there have been a lot of smaller players with skill who can play at a really high level. So, the, and the reason they drafted him when you and I were bullshitting with John Lynch a couple weeks ago, no big deal. They really loved his skill set, right? Yeah. A lot of people in the league did. He was fast, productive for a you know spread offense team, but physicality. He's not scared for a smaller guy. I think Ayuk
2: possesses that too, right? Yeah, un- not not afraid. There not are some basic requirements to play for Shanahan at receiver. One of them is unafraid. You know what I think? I think Draymond Green does not get enough credit. Well, whether he gets enough credit or not, I don't know. But so much of the focus on Draymond is about his attitude, rightfully so. Like, he is a force of nature in a positive way. I think we'll see what happens as we record this before Game 3. Um, if the Warriors win the championship, it feels like it's trending towards Steph Curry finally getting his finals MVP. But I think so. I- but I actually think there's a world where Draymond Green is the finals MVP also. Guy, that would be controversial. Well, I know. I, 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 my point, ultimately, if they win a championship, they're like... He had two points probably, in game one. Uh, no, I understand. I'm not saying... I'm just saying he is... They can't win a championship without him. And Impossible. they can't win a championship without Steph. And, you know, I I, I think there's a world in which that would be, um, he'd be worthy of it. But my point is... Sorry, that was an aside. For all the talk about Draymond's personality he's really skilled like now he's not a very good shooter right Looney, good call he's not a very good shooter he's not a very good score but he's a phenomenal passer his ability you and i've been talking about this for a few weeks to dribble at a while running very fast is a is it not a common skill he's very good at it sometimes it feels a little out of control but he's very aggressive with it and um you know i think when you're an undersized guy in that sport like him, you have to earn so much of it with your your uh, your work ethic. And in football, you have to earn a lot of it by being fearless because you just have to be willing to stretch your body in ways that taller players don't have to stretch their bodies. Um, so, But let's talk about Trey Lance at practice on Wednesday, made two throws that we've been waiting to see him make, downfield connections. He did them on back-to-back throws. One to Ray-Ray McLeod one to Jordan Matthews, both were 50-yard touchdowns, both were about 40 yards in the air. Ray Ray was on the sideline where he had beaten Ambry Thomas. Jordan Matthews was more down the middle of the field. After you and I were having a conversation after the Ray Ray catch, I said to you, do you think throwing that sideline ball is easier than throwing the middle of the field ball because you're just throwing it to a spot and you don't have a DB coming from the other side. And you said, no, I think it's harder. Cause you got to be, you have less field to work with, but in any event, he threw both of them back to back. And we had not, we had not seen in these few weeks of practice, Trey Lance hit on those
3: throws. I do think the sideline pass is much more difficult because it requires, if you're going to do it right, right. You have to hit the guy in stride over his shoulder. And I would say typically that guy the DB, for the most part, I mean, there can be blown coverages. For the NFL, wouldn't you say, even 80%, 85% of the completions, the DB is relatively close. And while there's no John Lynch or Steve Atwater coming over to kill you anymore, they still do come over to play the ball. Like There, there typically can be two players right there. So you have to put it on the shoulder toward the sideline. I, I, I think it's much more difficult because over the middle of the field, especially if you're hitting – Either, you know, the Niners have a big slot receiver in Juwan Jennings or their tight end who also is very athletic. And it could even be Twelly, who is a bigger player. They can make an adjusted kind of get big. And sometimes they're on a linebacker. So I put a lot more value. Not that the the second throw wasn't awesome because it's, it's always good whether your quarterback is Tom Brady or it's fucking Baker Mayfield to see that pass completed in practice. Because ultimately that pass is a game changer in in the sport of football. Whether you're talking high school, whether you're talking in the NFL, it's much easier to hit it in high school when you have good players. It's harder to hit in the NFL, regardless who's on your team. But that is going to be an element that the 49ers didn't have last year. And obviously Ray Ray uh, is an interesting player, but like they Brandon Ayuk can go deep. Debo Samuel can go deep. Like they have two guys that can go deep. And their other guy who can also get deep, as Kyle talked about with Jawan, who can get open, is huge. So you don't have to be as accurate, just put it up there in the field and let him high point, which remember when we were watching him in Tennessee, because the knock on him was he was really slow, but he did high point. He is very, very skilled, push the ball down the field. And, and we haven't seen Kittle. We haven't seen George, which we know he can do that, right? He's made some. I would say, I mean, some of his catches throughout his career have been remarkable, right? Jumping, leaping in the air, playing the ball in the air. And, and even IU, for being a shorter wide receiver, does have an incredible radius to catch the ball, right? Just in yep. terms of he can – and obviously Debo is very, very skilled. But what this just wasn't Jimmy's cup of tea. J- it just wasn't, you know, for whatever – it's not because Jimmy can't throw the ball far enough. I don't know if he didn't trust his accuracy – Uh, whatever it was, it it is just, and maybe they made a conscious effort today with the play calls, but it's, you, you don't part part of like, there's a reason like a bazooka does something different than a pistol. Like part of having Trey or Josh Allen or Mahomes guys with bigger arms, you, you want to utilize them. Now you need the right player with them. There's always, I mean, let's face it. Alex took a lot of shit when he resurrected his career with Harbaugh, and then even with Andy, it was like, you know, you're leaving plays on the field because he can't do it. Or he just refuses to even try because there's like an uncertainty in his own belief in the ability to make the throw. Because if you do underthrow it, it is an easy pick, right? If you, you know, a 50-yard pass, if it only travels 42, if the DB just turns his head, fuck, he just,
2: he'll Willie Mays catch it. It is a risky throw. Yeah. Yeah, and we had not seen him make good. We've seen a couple of them. Like you said, it felt like they were to have back-to-back deep balls from Trey. We've not seen that in the practice. If we didn't see it Tuesday. We didn't see it the last Tuesday. We didn't see it the Tuesday before that. Now, Have we seen a bomb from Trey in a team period like that? I mean, a bomb. Not not like a over-the-middle, like 30-yard dime, but like a bomb. Yeah, I mean, connect? No. We saw the incompletion on a. I mean, a really incomplete pass on Tuesday. And we saw the ball last Tuesday, a week ago, That went to uh, six down the sideline, and it wasn't really close to uh, connecting. Marcus Johnson, Marcus Johnson, and then we also saw um, there was the Ayuk play down the field, but that he completed it. But I wouldn't call it a bomb in terms of like. We've seen, I think we've seen three, and he was zero for three in last Tuesday, and then the previous Tuesday. So we've not seen him. I don't think hit one of those, let alone hit two on back to back plays, and. um, Uh. You know, I thought it was significant because you and I were having, up to that point of practice, Niner by Nature on the stream says, Ray-Ray pass was wobbly, I hear. We were standing right there where Ray-Ray caught the ball. You and I did the thing simultaneously that everybody on the sideline loves to say. And you and I heard you do it as it was coming out of my mouth. We both said, got him. Like, you could see Ray-Ray get past Ambry Thomas. And we both said, got him. And then you got to throw the ball and hit it. And he hit it. I thought it was a really good throw. I don't remember thinking that was wobbly. And you and I had had several conversations today at practice with some tray balls that are not always pretty.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't call him uh, throw the direct spiral. But I was thinking about this on the drive home. You can, because part of it, you're just nitpicking, like there's not much going on. You're really just nitpicking his, the ball coming out of his hands, the velocity of it, the spiral, Philip River's is a guy that doesn't throw that many spirals. Peyton Manning, a lot of the weak arm guys didn't. So to me, if you can be an explosive arm and throw a little wobbly of a ball, I thought for the most part he was pretty accurate today, which if you're accurate with a wobbly ball, using those two guys as an example, it doesn't necessarily matter. I, I think we can... There have been a lot of guys that throw tight spirals that fucking get run out of the
2: league. Well, Nate Sudfeld throws a really good spiral, right? He's not a starting NFL quarterback.
3: Does not make $2 million to play in the
2: NFL. But but I'm saying, like he throws, if you just watched him throw, if you only judged ball flight, you'd say Nate Sudfeld's got although he underthrew a ball badly today that got intercepted. So whatever. I'd say Purdy throws a pretty tight spiral. Not with a lot of velocity, but yeah, he does throw a a He throws a tight ball. Trey had another throw to the other side of the field that was. I mean, he threw it very hard, and it was a good enough spiral. And it was. I wonder if Brock Purdy is a good comp for Jake Hayner. I think Jake's more might be a little more athletic. I think Jake's more athletic than Brock Purdy.
3: Jake might actually have just more physically physical gifts, but I think size wise, I I I think they're probably pretty.
2: It's interesting. I bet his arms a little better. You think Hayner
3: is Jake like a better version of Brock Purdy?
2: Um. I think I mean, he's a bro- little more dynamic version. I mean, Brock Purdy was two time All Big Twelve quarterback, right? Well, yeah, I mean, Jake has a chance. I guess Carson Strong was last year, but I, I just think there's something in that vein of that type guy. That's interesting. Yeah, I think Brock Purdy. We've talked about him. Like, can make that team. But anyway, I I thought it was encouraging to see Trey do it. At this point, we don't know if they're gonna if they're they're pl- planning to, p- to practice Thursday. Uh, Juwan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk were just hanging out today. And we'll talk about them and Debo. They get get
3: the they get the baseball just like uh, after day night doubleheader or whatever. We just like you just get to hang out the next day. You don't do shit. You just sit there. It's like yeah, you're not even going to pitch hit today. Oh yeah, no. Like you are. Don't even put on your jocks. Yeah, if you if if you want to slam a couple hot dogs, just do what you do what you do, Doug. This day's you. If you want to leave in like the seventh, if we're winning, go home. Um. So that's part of it, right? He was today throwing to pretty random guys like i mean jordan matthews ray ray mcleod those are not the starting players that are going to be in there i mean ray ray's an nfl player for sure right he's been in the league played on teams caught balls for playoff teams but like if everyone's healthy in a game beside like some you know throughout the game when some specific plays get called he will not be on the field if everyone's healthy right yeah
2: yeah he should be throwing those balls to Ayuk and debo and John Je- Jennings and Kittle. The Kittle one is the one we really have not gotten to see. But even like Jordan
3: Matthews is behind even like Jordan Matthews doesn't make the team, right? No, no he hasn't. But he's a good guy. People like him. Transition tight end. Good story. Yeah. Talented guy. You know, I mean, he's a former receiver. Chip Kelly drafted in the second round over Devontae and Jarvis, but. Bad pick. No, I mean, remember the first couple of years, I think Jordan Matthews had like 80, 80 catches. Like it was very, very productive. But I'd say over the time, uh, it's proven that Devontae was the right pick of the cluster. Yeah. And then Jarvis would be second.
2: Yeah. I think this was the last thing I wanted to see from Trey Lance in the, in the environment that we get to watch him, right? A seven on seven is, there's even 11 full team. You're not getting hit. There's a little more traffic. There's only so much we could see. I've been waiting to see him throw the ball deep. And um, I think all in all, whenever OTAs are done, whether it's today or tomorrow or whether they do one more next week, I've come away big picture, very encouraged by Trey Lance. I think we've seen the things we need to see. He's looked very comfortable, very at ease. Um, You see what Trent Trent Williams said yesterday? Like he's just very
3: calm. He's just one thing you notice. Now he's (laughs) obviously was around him last year. Hasn't been around him all offseason until this week. He's not technically even in the huddle with him. But, you know, I mean, standing nearby, maybe Kyle's telling Trent that I clear. He just has a very, very calm demeanor to him. Yeah. I think it's obvious when you look at him, when you watch him. Yeah. I'd say the Niners just have pretty good vibe going at their practice. Uh, the last two days. I mean, the one we went to. Was it the second one that was kind of a I mean, no one was there. This these,
2: well, that, these that might have, have been the felt, first
3: one. These have felt the last two days is very professional in and out. Not much. I mean, it's it's. Easy from a time standpoint for these guys, right? They're on the field. What? No longer than an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah, but they are. It just feels like a very high level thing, which I think can be easily derailed if you have a quarterback that doesn't know what's going on. Right? Remember when the when the Broncos came a couple years ago? Like Simeon was the quarterback. We're like, what is going on with these guys? And it was just a lot. Simeon and uh, not Oswe was it? Lock might have been Osweiler someone kind of random it was like this is just not going to work and it didn't and it's kind of started there post Peyton and it just kind of derailed you can feel a vibe when the quarterbacks are just a little overwhelmed because balls hit the ground and obviously it changes like there is a level you know we we talk about like being out there part of it is you don't spend too much time talking about like Trent Williams Nick Bosa it's kind of more about the random guys because they and I've just learned over the years, you can't like Marcus John, random guys make a play. It really doesn't mean that much because those guys have to prove it to do it in training camp where it gets a lot harder in the pads, seven straight days. It just gets more difficult. But I would say that Trey has proven because that's a, that's something we have to watch come August is like, remember last year, they say he really hit a wall. I, I think he's much more prepared this year, hopefully right off season. You know, he's, he's been in a team now for a while. He knows everybody. Uh, but that is something to keep an eye on. And you'd even just say, as the season goes, even if it starts well, because th- their team's loaded. Like, this is, uh, to me, f- healthy. Like, going into the season, they're an 11-win team, even with an unknown, talented young quarterback. Like, that's... I'm going to pick him to go 11-6. and six. And if you tell me he's good, like, that t- could turn into, like, 13-4 and four pretty easy. A couple injuries could go 10 again. But, like, they're really good. They- they're easily, like... We've been around this long enough. This is one of the better teams in the NFL. I mean, shit, we saw it last year when they were on with a quarterback that had multiple injuries. They could beat anybody on the road in playoff games. But like that adds just, there's just a lot of juice. And one thing, Jimmy, you seventh, eighth year guy, like you just are, you understand the complete grind as a player. There's, it's a lot different as the backup, right? You go into meetings and stuff, but you're actually not, you're just sitting there during the games. One of the
2: questions that you were talking, who were we talking to before? I don't know if it was Dubow or Larry Kruger about like one of the questions with them is just going to be, we know if you just play the way Jimmy played, which is you're throwing the ball 21 times and handing it off as much as possible. We know what that looks like. So when then does Kyle decide to dial things up for Trey Lance that are different? How many risks does he take with Trey Lance? Does he try to play this year as let me just get the basics with Trey? And I think as a complete package, this team can win 11, 12 football games. Or does he think, man, I can cut it loose a lot more now and the sky is the limit? I think Kyle's personality is I will dial a few up here and there, but otherwise, let's play this thing safe. We can be a little conservative and we can play defense and run the football to you know, at minimum a wild card appearance, which is when you look at their division, I think reasonable. So now, you know, it, how, how do you get in a lot of third and sevens? Like, do you run the football is going to be the biggest question for this team. Can they run the football effectively on first or second down and then leave Trey in in really good, you know, positive situations on third down. Uh because if they can, then you don't have to take a lot of chances. What would you guess Matt Ryan is MVP year with the Super Bowl team that under
3: Kyle averaged attempts? Pass attempts per game? For sixteen over 16 games.
2: Uh,
3: did he lead the league in passing that year? What? I mean, he threw 5,000 yards and 38
2: touchdowns. So I would imagine he
3: was near the list. I'm,
2: uh, I'm going to say he averaged um, 28 attempts a game.
3: 33. Wow. Like looking at it, I mean, he was now, again, established veteran player. They had been together a couple of years. He was very far along in his career. That number, like, I, I would imagine Kyle's goal, like, again, like a, any coach would say this, things change. You learn more as games go on. But I, I think you have a relative, like, the way we want to play would probably be, like, 25 attempts a game for Trey, especially early on the first, you know, seven, eight games, like, to ease into his career. I mean Patrick Mahomes started it just boom they were winning MVP like it was kind of clear like halfway through is that first year starting like this guy's going to be the MVP of the league and they th- now granted his coach philosophically believes in throwing the ball that's I, I guess part of it's different right for example when Andy drafts Mahomes they do it with the vision of making this guy a great passer like this guy's going to kick cuz we're going to pass it 40 times a game or whatever like that's just how we play Kyle Kyle's philosophical belief is running the ball like whether Matt Ryan's his quarterback or whether it's not. Now, the other thing is Matt Ryan threw seven picks that year. So when you are not turning the ball over, it's much easier to doubt. you know, why did Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in their primes, you you knew they weren't going to turn the ball over. Part of it is like, you don't mind. Kyle probably had a million pass plays the last year that at different times he held back because he just didn't trust Jimmy to not turn the ball over, even if he thought like this might work, but I can't risk it. That's part of it. You have to trust your quarterback to not give it to the other team because that was really i mean the niners are a 12-win team last year if jimmy doesn't fucking turn it over i mean he had some turnovers last year that were crippling crippling obviously special teams too but jimmy's i mean that tennessee now he granted he was thumb was hurt but i mean that picky threw over the middle now the picky the picky threw against the rams in the first half
2: was oof Uh, and the one he almost threw late against them along the side. Oh my God.
3: Where they was like, oh, oh. I guess he threw another one where they batted it up. Remember that thing?
2: That's right. In the goal on the, uh, like behind Kittle and then Jalen Ramsey, like hit it up like this. Yeah. Uh, That's going to happen to Trey. This is, well, yeah, he's not throwing seven picks to your point. This is not, we'd have to do a much deeper dive than like some raw attempt numbers in terms of, I would bet the way Patrick Mahomes threw the ball. Was very different than the way Alex Smith threw the ball. Like I think we can we can guess that that was the case, but Alex Smith's year in Kansas City when Mahomes was the backup, so his last year in KC, best year of his career, thirty three point six attempts per game. And you said Matt Ryan was how many attempts per game? Like thirty three five. So they were a te- again. We have to do a deeper dive on like how far down the field the ball was going. I'd imagine Matt was pushing a little farther now, and Alex was throwing bubble screens, but nonetheless. The next year, Mahomes takes over from Alex's 33.6 attempts. Mahomes then went to 38, 36.25. So three more attempts per game. Not yeah. a wild number. Again, they were probably different, but not a wild number. I Wouldn't you be? So absolute- if Jimmy was 31 last game. What last year? What is this going to be?
3: I think if you ask Kyle right now, it'd like to be like 27, 28 average. Because you're going to have a couple games that just skew 40 if you're down a couple touchdowns. Like you don't, you lose games. So when you lose, that means you're down and you're trying to play comeback, right? That's part of the sport, right? And it's no different with Jimmy. I bet if you have Jimmy's log, like some of those games toward the end, like the Rams game where they were down 17 to three, even though they, I guess they ran it to come back, actually. That's probably a bad example. The Titans game, they probably threw it a bunch. Cause they started losing in the second half early in the season. They had some games where they were down, they had to throw it. It's just, it's just somewhat of it is predicated on like individual games. You have three or four where you're down 14 points in the second half. You have no choice. That's what makes Kyle a little unique
2: though. He will keep running the football. Yeah. And he will run the ball. You're saying when he's down or when he's up both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, real quick, Ray Ray McLeod. I don't, you know, at the risk of making him like the Trent Sherfield of this this period last year in training camp, I was like, oh, Trent Sherfield's making plays, but Ray Ray's different in that they signed, like, they made a concerted effort to go bring in Ray Ray McLeod. He was one of the bigger signings they had the offseason. Now he's a specialist with help, which helps them, but he has. Uh, we, we are here to report to you. He's made a lot of plays and he's looked fast. I was surprised when we looked it up and he ran a four five three at the NFL Combine coming out of college at Clemson before he was a sixth-round pick. Probably he why, mean, if, he
3: ran, if he ran a 4-4-2, he's probably a fourth, third-rounder, right? But small. even then,
2: he was on three teams. This is his fifth. Te- the Niners are his fourth team in five years. Well, he played on three teams in three years, the third being Pittsburgh, and then he played for them for two years. But the, isn't that what happens when
3: you're a fringe roster guy who's a yeah. special teams guy and not – like, he doesn't play much on offense. I mean, how yeah. many – do
2: you have his stats in front of you? No, but I think he had 24 or 32 catches last year or something like that, low what 30s, so, high 20s. My question would be – But like, it was by like, far his best year of his career. Yeah, I mean, how
3: many career – Ray Ray McLeod has 64 career catches, zero career touchdowns receiving. Zero. So, I mean, that's just – He's a fringe backup guy to make the team who they value on special teams, which is important. And I would say teams, I mean, as we all well-documented was the weakness of the team (laughs) and one of the weaker units in the league, like for an individual team, the Niners' special team was an abomination. And then we learned that the Packers was even worse, which I even thought was hard to be possible, but we saw it live happen and it was crazy to
2: watch at the worst possible time devastating uh he had 38 catches last year so over half of his career catches but look how many yards he had how many did he have 277 isn't
3: that a little weird if i give you 40 catches shouldn't you have like 500 yards wait a second
2: i'm sorry i was looking at returns he had 38 returns not he he had 39 catches last year okay but he only had 277 isn't that weird yeah i mean i think he can get open down the field but I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't know how many opportunities when, he'll have to do that. When
3: I but, say a guy caught 39 balls in the NFL, what what yardage comes to your head?
2: Uh yeah, like like probably 380, right? 39 not ten yards a catch, but maybe eight yards a catch. What would that what would that math be? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean a lot of guys that catch a thousand yards catch eighty balls. Like I
3: thirty nine catches is a lot. Like thirty nine catches is pretty productive. You don't. I mean, if you have a. quarter did that 40s, rank on their team? Probably fourth. Probably low because they have guys that are very productive. Fifth. To me, thirty nine catches is much closer to five hundred than it is two hundred. Because you get three or four plays at forty yards. I mean, boom! You're already at a, over a hundred. I mean, that's a lot of balls thrown your way. Because you're not catching every ball thrown your way. So I mean, was he targeted fifty plus times? Sixty six. He actually, like, it was a pretty, he played a role in their squad last year. 66, John. He, he's targets.
2: Getting, he's not getting 66 targets. He's here. not getting 66 targets. But, um, you know, maybe they, maybe yeah, they someone can, uh, I saw, saw someone say it. in the
3: chat, and it's fair. I mean, Ben was Dinkin and Duncan last year. Ben was, like, turned into a big version of Alex Smith. If you watch them play, like they were not throwing. If he was dinking
2: and dunking, how come Ray Ray only caught under sixty percent of the balls thrown to him? Uh, Someone just said he had ten percent of his drops. Okay, well that explains that. Like if you're dinking and dunking, your catch percentage should be higher. Than thirty nine catches on sixty six targets. Yeah. Not everyone's. If he drops the ball, ball, he's not going to get on the field. You know, not everyone's father was a bricklayer
3: and turned their kid into Jerry Rice. Some, you know, it's not everyone's that equipment manager out of practice to just not drop a ball. Who is that guy? I don't know. He is Forget about the D.
2: DJ or the guy that
3: carries the speakers. Truly, one of the great, great uh, equipment trainer, low level assistant coaches I've ever seen catch the ball. I've never, I haven't
2: seen one ball hit the ground. He's got, he wears like this tan long sleeve, a hat. I mean, kind of looks like a shorter version of Chris Casseric, right? Yeah. Like by like, and he just. You don't even hear the ball when it hits his hands. He catches it so soft and he'll tuck it. It's impressive. And these guys are throwing BBs too, like you pointed out. Would not happen if you put me or you out there. No. So, uh, you know, this is what happens when you don't get your starting receivers out there all the time. You uh, you start finding other ways for other guys to get involved. But somebody asked how badly did he beat Ambry Thomas today um, on this chat. He beat him. I mean, he was... There was nothing Ambry Thomas was gonna do. He was by him. And uh, as long as the ball wasn't underthrown, he was getting beat. And he did. He was by him by, I don't know, three yards, four yards. Yeah. It was gonna be it was gonna take a bad throw to, for him to catch up. So John, before we go on, let's tell the people about our friends at Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Where right now, when you use indeed.com slash ham, you get a seventy-five dollar credit towards your first sponsored job post, and you can earn up to $500 in extra sponsored job credits with Indeed's virtual interviews. Yep, guy. Indeed. Let's think about that. Virtual interviews. You're
3: looking to interview someone and the t- times have changed, right? We used to always meet in person. Now there's this thing called the Internet and there's a thing called Indeed that uses instant match to find the candidates that fit what you're looking for, right? You want to find the candidates that fit you. So if you're listening and you're in HR, you run a small business, you, you know your company's looking for someone, go, why don't we uh, jump on Indeed.com slash ham and check out the best ability to find human beings that are looking for jobs? Indeed is an unbelievable, powerful hiring partner delivering four times more hired hires than all other job sites combined. Join the 3 million businesses right now that are on
2: Indeed. In the minute we've been talking to you about it, 16 hires made on Indeed. Oh, When you sponsor an Indeed post, you are three times more likely to get a hire in the U.S. And finding great talent should not be a second job for you. You can hire faster and better, more efficiently, which means you save yourself money. So sign up for Indeed now. Get a $75 credit towards your first sponsored job post, plus earn up to $500 extra in sponsored job credits with Indeed's virtual interviews. Visit Indeed.com slash ham to learn more. Claim your credits at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? Indeed. Indeed. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball too. I've got some season long, more or less picks. On multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live, even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half. No problem. Injury insurance. And on prize picks, you can win up to 100 x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars i'm gonna give you the same advice i gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy he just came from the doctor they said they told me i gotta shave i said gotta get to more like it and I sent him the Lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 off and free shipping with the code ham and manscaped.com that's 20 off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions last night i was thinking about ordering out and then i reached into the freezer grabbed some ground beef and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night with butcher box you don't have to worry about what's for dinner butcher box is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials you get peace of mind with butcher box because it's high quality meat and seafood you can trust you get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping as always and you get the ultimate customization your customization might be i don't know what to do send me the good stuff and they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now go to butcherbox.com/ham and use the code ham and you'll get either 3 pounds of chicken thighs, 2 pounds of ground beef or 1 pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com/ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Can I tell you about my friends? Very,
3: very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time, Game Time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college, Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you: when you use the promo code HAM, H A M, you save twenty dollars off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20
2: to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year and saving on travel. Vacation's coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Sandwich.
3: It's the largest animal ever to grace the planet. The largest dinosaur weighed around 85 tons. Some male blue whales weigh as much as 200 tons.
2: I don't even Uh, see that. It's so much weight that I don't even have a a reference for how much weight that is.
3: A blue whale's heart is
2: six feet wide and weighs 400 pounds. So it's basically a nose tackle, a massive (laughs) nose tackle, but two of them side by side. Oh, my God, six feet wide. I don't I need to know like how many stories long that is for me to be even be able to comprehend it right? Like what? tonnage, I have no reference point. For Do you
3: tonnage. know how many pounds a ton is? Uh, I don't know a thousand, two thousand? How I think thousand a ton, ton is two thousand pounds. So be four thousand pounds.
2: But again, I don't even have like you say ten stories. I can visualize that. I have no point. Like, how much is it? What does it feel like when a ton drives over your foot? Like, I don't thank God. I don't know the answer to that. And I just have no, at a certain weight, it's all just way too heavy. Like height. I can like heights. Like, wow, that thing is really tall. Weight is just impossible to even have, you know, like there's no way for me to comprehend it. Like, it feels like it would
3: hurt a lot running into Trent Williams, but until you ran into him and have him throw you, you wouldn't quite understand the power that he possesses. Right. Like it's clear. He's big. Well, like how much power does the guy possess? You don't truly know until you feel that power. Right. And I even bet that foot run over by a golf cart doesn't hurt that much foot run over by a car. I think feels dramatically different. Depending on
2: the car. Who was it? I remember when well, it wasn't you, that your finger slammed in a door car door after ninth grade f- freshman baseball practice. It's got to hurt. Maybe it was Scott Dickey. Don't remember. Uh, Corey on the stream says, I'm actually not sure that Jimmy could throw the ball far enough to throw a deep ball. All of his deep throws look like he was conjuring up all of his Hail Mary strength. Might uh, be fair. Throwing it deep enough and on target, I think, would be the problem. He overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. How far was that throw? I, I think for him
3: to have a chance to throw, and this is where like I don't think Trey's going to fall into this category. Obviously, all the big dogs, Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, for example, they don't need to have their feet set. I think Jimmy had to be in like, you know, like a guy in the outfield Mm. who needs the perfect like crow hop. And then there's like Raúl Mondesi who could be like sitting with his legs crossed and gun the guy out from like, yeah. So it's just, I I, I think Jimmy, part of it is he has to be fundamentally perfect to, to let the ball rip rivers. Ryan, I think fall into that category. Those guys, I would say have a little rivers toward the, I mean, his arm wasn't great toward the end, but I think in a perfect world, Trey will not have to be set. Remember the, sh- the pass we were showing last week, like can he do things because of his physical gifts that, and that, I mean, that really, wouldn't you say why Mahomes Allen or Herbert are like viewed as just such superstar players is their physical attributes are just freakish. Mahomes his highlight plays. The majority of them have been like off one leg across, not looking, throwing bb's right yeah yeah. was it the herbert throw i guess he kind of crow hopped a couple of years was it last year where he threw it like 85 yards in the air hit the guy in stride and i think dj said like this is the best throw i've ever seen live
2: i think i think one of herbert's greatest throws was his college throw against auburn where he's backpedaling and he throws it to the opposite corner of the end zone his last year at oregon touchdown do you remember that throw I don't
3: really I don't think I watched the game. I only watched the fourth quarter. I can't remember what I was doing, but like I got home the game because it was like gotcha. I remember it was a noon kickoff or one kickoff. Yeah. So by the time I remember turning it on, tight game, fourth quarter, it was like 3 30. I missed
2: I'll a, to lot find of the you a throw. I and I think it was an all I think an all time throw from him. Was that Would a fantastic game? Start to finish? No, it was got no. kind of boring. Yeah. Um, all right, we saw Debo Samuel today. If you want to see what we saw, not all of it. Was allowed to be posted, but there's about 90 seconds of it. We, the video is actually up on our YouTube. Hey, Averman was reprimanded. Uh, I, I got, I almost got in trouble. I almost got banned. No, uh, you're not allowed to film off the field. But then he stepped on the field, and that's so we were allowed to film it. And he was out there having some fun. And you know, he. he rem- I remember when I'd get a new pair of shoes, when I would get a glove, definitely a baseball glove. I would take it to bed with me when I was a kid. So Debo was not going to practice today. But he had his gloves on. He had a football. He kept walking around the field. He was playing catch with Juwan Jennings. Uh, He had the practice script in his his pants and and behind him. And one thing watching him, and this is a common thread with a lot of the guys that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan like. One thing that does make you feel really good about Debo when they pay him, which they're going to do. The guy, I think it's pretty clear, loves football. Like, you don't have the season he had last year to play the way he plays, to run the way he runs, to fight the way he fights for yards. Watching him out there today, just having a good time, he likes being around the – you don't say that forever. Everybody doesn't love football. You scouted – I'm sure it was a question – we've talked about this, that you would ask when you were scouting a guy like, does this guy love football? Debo Samuel loves football. And I think that was one of the things I took away just watching him today – he is enjoying. He's maybe he's here because he has to be, but it looks like he is enjoying being back on the field with the Niners, even though he's not practicing.
3: You know, during the draft, when a guy who's, you know, mocked is like a top 20 player and then ends up going like 57th, and everyone's like, I do not get how this guy fell. And Mel Kuyper's giving him an A because the guy fell. And like three years later, it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of why he fell. Cause I think anytime that the word gets out of like, this guy, and I say it all the time, the media gets very uncomfortable with this around draft time. Is like they don't want balance. They want you to eat, breathe, and sleep it because it really matters. <laughs> this is like you practice all the time. It's really hard. And when you're not practicing, you're in a room lifting. <laughs> and then you're going to the meeting to watch yourself of what you did on the practice field. And if you didn't practice, you watch your teammates practice and take it away, mental reps. It's hard. It's tedious. I, I thought – uh Alex Mack had an incredible quote to Alec, uh, Albert Breer about it's 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 a consistent uh, monotony of, I'm butchering the quote, but whatever his quote was, it's like over and over the same shit every day to maintain being good at the craft. Basically saying like to be good, you have to be cool which is doing the same thing over and over at a really high level and it's really kind of boring in a weird way. You got it. So basically, you have to love it. And I, I hearing you say that about Debo, I, I think a lot of the 49er star players fall into that category. When we walked around the other side of the field today, Bosa and Trent have not taken live team reps, but he, Bosa was over there with the D lineman. And there was a rep or two where it was like, Jesus Christ, he, he couldn't have gone any harder. Like he's not there just fucking looking at butterflies when, he, when he's actually repping. I don't blame them for not putting him in or Trent. Trent, a little different, because the old linemen were were going less hard than Kasarek and the crew. I mean, they were doing legitimate four or five-step get going, right? Yep. And you're just watching Bosa like, holy shit. And then you realize there's a reason that they go, yeah, Nick's allowed to stay. We have zero reservations about anything he brings to the table. He needs to be here right now because it's mandatory, and he does show up, and he gives us everything he has. And I think you need that. I think the Patriots really separated themselves. Obviously, they had Tom Brady, but – They had a bunch of guys that were just like, you got to drag these guys off the field. And Edelman's not as good as Debo or whatever, but like Edelman was, you had to drag, clearly Gronk, McCourty, Slater, Hightower. They built their team around that. You could argue that Niners high-end players, again, they don't have Tom Brady, but like the Patriots weren't as talented as the Niners non-quarterback, right? The Niners have more talented players at premium positions. Now it's just on the quarterback. I'm telling you, I... If they're healthy, I think they're easily one of the more talented players or teams in the league, because not only do they have the talent, like I know all those guys fucking will go to war, <laughs> St- starting with Debo. I mean, we we saw him. I mean, it was just relentless. Yeah. And We know Kittles like that. We know Bosa's like that. We know, I mean, Jimmy Ward, I looked at one time, I was like, God, why is Jimmy trying so hard? This doesn't, Armstead's with his baby,
2: like he does not need to be doing this. Jimmy Ward tries hard every practice we've been to. It's crazy. Yeah. At one point during 11 on 11, we looked at the other field and and Bosa was just doing sprints. Like he practices, he practices hard. He might practice harder than anybody. Like Kittle practices hard, but it's kind of hard to practice because you're not allowed to. You, you know a guy that I've seen or you, no one's trying to tackle you, right? But Bosa is
3: 100 miles an hour. I'm not saying he's on these guys' level, but a guy that clearly just loves it. And he played like this in college, and clearly they love him is Hufunga. Like, yeah. if you just kind of keep an eye on him, and then like when he's on the sideline, he's always talking to a coach. Seems like he's always having a, he's engaged. Yeah. that I feel they have a very engaged team. And this, when we talked about it coming in, like what would Debo be like? His true colors have shown, right? There, there's a reason that. I, you can argue over the amount of money, but they're very comfortable with the football player. And the football, like, I, is there a chance that
2: and the guy, like, they're comfortable with the guy?
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. The, yeah. the whole package you get with the football player as a foot on your team. The Titans weren't totally comfortable with AJ Brown because if you were loved everything about him,
2: wouldn't you find a way? You would think. I mean, the one thing with them is variable seemed pretty heartbroken over having to trade him, but. Yeah.
3: Maybe it was as simple as Tannehill's contract completely screwed him and they wouldn't have been able to do some other things.
2: But I, do you ever like to trade blue chip players who no. are war daddies? No, but maybe they felt, I mean, again, why couldn't they have played the same game that I was played? Like, do you, you have to play for us this year. I know. But I, maybe I they just, really like Traylon Burks. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they like Traylon Burks more than the Niners like Traylon
3: Burks. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't like trading war daddies who are elite players. And I, I know that some certain guys get injured more than others, but. It's just, we've seen it now these last two years, like in the trenches of the big games. Like, that's without those guys, you have no chance. And this gets back to the Patriots. They've had a lot of them. Honestly, the Chiefs, you would say these last four years, like their five or six core players were just like, I'll go to war with these guys. Doesn't mean you win every game, but like you step on that field going, We're going to win the game. And that's Chris Jones, Kelsey, Tyreek, obviously, Patrick. The Honey Badger was like that. I think they thought very highly award, you know, that's why the Niners valued them. So you look at, look at the Niners, couple guys that they took, you know, they clearly like they have their core guy. Like they know what it looks like with Debo, Kittle, Bosa, Trent. I think Staley obviously fell under that too. When they transitioned to Trent, they went and got Ray and McLeod, who just was starting for the Steelers who have an incredibly high standard. Uh, the I forget the guy's name, but the safety that they signed from uh, from the Colts. Who I mean, that place is just a a place that's just Odom. I think is his last name George and uh, and George. Ward and Ward from the Chiefs. Like they weren't signing guys from you know the Jets or the Lions. Now you could argue that those teams usually don't have players worth signing on <laughs> this reason they suck. Uh, but the, and good teams typically just have they just can't sign everybody because they, to be good, you're going to have high price players. It's just part of the nature of the sport. But, and I'm not see- even putting Ray Ray on those other guys, even wards on a different level than the other two guys. Like he was a $15 million a year corner from the, one of the best teams in football. But you just know, like this guy's been in the trenches for four years in the biggest games and the last several years as a starter. And I think that really matters. I mean, it, it truly does. That's why, like Debo's value, part of Tyreek and, and Devontae's value were so high is like those guys have played in the biggest games and dominated. Like Debo, ultimately his value, why the Niners could be like ten. Have you seen this guy? Have you seen this guy in yeah. the biggest baddest games? This guy was the baddest motherfucker on the field, like that. And no one on TV in the stands on the sideline argued. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I guess the best player on the field right now. Yeah,
2: there's no stat padding, cheap stats. These are earned. No. <laughs> There's no like, you know, Cousins is like half their season was must win games. And he he flipped the
3: switch in those games, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I
2: just like, I like his energy. I do too. Happy guy. Walking around. He spent a lot of time with Jennings, spent a lot of, it was, it actually helped him today that Jennings and Iuke were not participating in practice because they just hung out the whole practice. Danny Gray, a little bit too. Right. He just could hang out with the receivers. And I remember I was Ayuke that said a few weeks ago, yeah, we just got done FaceTiming. We just FaceTimed with Debo in the locker room. So maybe those guys get it. Maybe Iuke gets it. Maybe, you know, they get some credit for being a place where he, being teammates that he likes, that he wants to be around. But it also gets
3: back to when you draft, like, you know, when all else fails, you should try to draft good guys and good people. Yeah, because you end up like their their energy does matter. Like when you do get the Albert worse and the Tos, like they can suck the life out of a franchise. And for the most part, you would say the Diners under Kyle have not had those guys at all. Even Harbaugh had bad guys that were like uh, criminals, teammates. But they were they always felt like good teammates on the field, right? Never felt like they had a weird vibe on the field. No, just you just couldn't. Once they left the building, holy shit.
2: Literally, oh, uh, yeah. ja- Jackson on the stream says, "Off topic, but my math final is in five minutes. What grade? College? Can you even imagine taking a test? Yeah. Uh, how about this? This little note here: Traylon Burks out of shape because he has asthma. Not ideal, John. Tennessee's hot and sticky, man. It's hard but to catch the Titans. note the Titans know that ahead of time. You think?" Do you think the Titans knew that?
3: I mean, I, there have been guys with asthma that play in football. I used I, to think I had asthma. I was just fat. <laughs> <laughs> my mom got me one of those things. That was just really She got of you shape. the inhaler? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> you didn't have to go to the doctor and get diagnosed? They just yeah, got you Yeah, but they, I don't think they, you know, I'd say in like 96,
3: did they truly, I'd say they're probably a little more advanced 20 years, 25 years later. Just see if this helps him. Maybe she would just give me, she, I think she thought she had it. Give it to me.
2: Wow. Uh, how it's, long- not, not, it's not ideal. No, I'm just, would they have Von Miller, Chris on the stream says Von Miller has asthma. It's just preparing and dealing with it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I would imagine there's a
3: percentage of NFL players that have asthma. There are a percentage of NFL players that have a million things. You just, it's about preparing. Like the guy hopefully
2: prepared for the math final. Uh, at the University of Tennessee is where he's taking that final Damn, number one baseball is. number one baseball team in the uh, country. It's, it's still going to school June eighth. Doesn't most colleges end like three weeks ago? Uh, I, some of them have like finals like last week. Yeah, uh, summer school. S- I don't know. Academic. I mean, we. I guess we could check the academic calendar for the twenty twenty two school year. University Registrar Office. Uh spring semester ends. Yeah, what the hell is going on, man? Exams are May 12th to the 18th. Yeah, we got we got a liar on our hands. No, nope. he said I failed the class the first time. Mini summer school class. Okay, makes sense. <laughs> so, uh on the stream, Vrabel indicated the Titans were aware of Burke's asthma before they selected him 18th overall. Happens. Yeah, well. Uh Speaking of things that happen, I don't know what fucking stupid transition that was. Hey, John, speaking of things that happen, and then I could literally transition to any topic at all. John Elway offered 20% of the Broncos in 1998 for $36 million. Now the team's being sold for $4.6 That 20% would have been worth $930 million. Thirty six million to ninety eight would have been a lot of money. To uh, I agree. About. I would agree. I mean, I,
3: I think we're I think we're underselling that amount. Not that he thinks like maybe in ten you know twenty years this could be worth a hundred million. I, I I think it's much easier to play this game. I think we played a lot. Luckily for Elway, you know when they play that like there were seven people initially in Amazon and Apple and two of them took 200 grand to leave like no yeah, that, no the apple guy sold his shares for like a thousand dollars okay that sucks because clearly that guy is not rich like ultimately john elway is fine right his life has gone pretty fucking well but i and i, I i'm with you though i think 36 million is a little unfair to be like that that seems even though I, and i think we do this sometimes in pro sports 36 million now is a ton of money a ton of money taylor gooch just left the PJ tour for like 15 so it's like $36 million, a lot of money. 25 years ago, you could argue that's an astronomical amount. I mean, guy, the Warriors sold like 10 years ago for $350 million. Like, I think we're underselling the 36, and not I, you I and I, but that tweet yeah. is just like, everyone's like, idiot, moron, L.A. It's like, I bet in the, don't you think in the 90s, a lot of people, you know, wealthier, quote unquote, were offered deals like that, and they are saying no all the time. Hey man, I, I need some influx of cash, fifty million. Nah, I'm good. You can play that game in so many different investments. I, I think it's very, very unfair. Now, where it does suck is like if like you, John Elway went bankrupt three times, right? That right, would suck.
2: Right. Uh, the chat is letting us know that uh, Nick Bosa said this about Drake Jackson. He does things out there that I definitely couldn't do as a rookie. The way he moves, he's definitely got some impressive stuff about him. I would say they're physically they're a little bit different. Right. But I, not like Drake. Jake is not six four. I mean But Bosa's not either. That's what I mean. Like they look a little lo- like he looks a little more, as you would say, linear than Nick does. Uh, but it's not like he's super, super tall. Drake, we've seen him in person. I don't know what's he listed at, 6'2", probably. Or something.
3: I, I need to go on a scouting mission when we get to training camp and those guys are in pad stand, night, side to side, because I, I honestly feel like they're closer in size. Drake's listed at 6'3".
2: I don't know if I felt that way Well, looking no, at I him. But I didn't either. Maybe you can't have him looking stay at the next Armstead, so maybe. uh, I'm telling you, I,
3: I think he could have a big season. <laughs> For, for a second round pick, I mean, big. You get you get eight nine sacks
2: out of a second round pick sixty one. I mean, that would be a home run, right? I think. Like to me, what's the minimum number of sacks he could have? And you go, you know, I think they got some here. Like so, to me, if he had six, yeah, he'd be like, you know, hey, my guy, I might have something here. Because if you get
3: six and then like five or six other wow plays throughout the season of him like chasing the guy down, you know,
2: batting a ball, well, there's uh, lighting a the guy up. Maybe, maybe a deflected ball interception. Remember, he had that. He had a pick against San Jose State. It was kind of his highlight last year. Um, Drake looks too chunky. Interesting. I have not getting eyeballs on him, felt that way about him. But did you get eyeballs on him today? I didn't get eyeballs on him. I didn't watch him too much today. No, or I didn't watch him at all today, really. 95. Um, You know, I, I think, like to Randall's point, you can't double everyone on that D line. Um, you know, he he has the potential to benefit from being on the team that he's on.
3: You know, one thing I want to tip my hat to these guys huh? and and, and call me an old soul. I like my defensive lineman to be 91, 95, 97, 99, 98. Like, I like my group all in the
2: 90s. And who is wearing, you're well, saying like some teams th- wear like a, a yeah, 78? I think it's changed a little bit over the years. Usually 78 is like, you know, the last guy on your roster if he's past rushing. 88. <laughs> I guess college you see like an 88. But, on well, the D-line. didn't Brady make a big deal that they can now wear different jerseys? Yeah, but really who does it on the D-line? Yeah, the field like coming. linebackers do it. You know, Brady didn't like the Mike linebacker wearing 6 or yeah, like Micah Parsons being able to wear an 11. Right. Which honestly, I'm going to
3: be a new soul on I kind of like I like Micah Parsons 11, I think it looks pretty good. Chandler like, Jones said Chandler Jones is wearing number 5 this year? See, I don't like that. No. Do you do you agree, though, Micah Parsons? If you are standing up, I don't mind, you know, 11. I thought he looked pretty good in 11. Maybe it's because he just looks awesome. It does fit his body. Yeah. You would say historically, like, he would wear 55 or 50, you know? Yeah, D. He Ford was 55. He feels
2: like a fit. Parsons feels like a 56 to me. Yeah. Uh, Michael says, Drake Jackson plus 3,000 for Defensive Rookie of the Year. We've We've gone through this before. Uh, maybe a few weeks ago, we actually did a video on Drake Jackson's defensive rookie of the year chances. It's a tough nut to crack. Like usually, the defensive rookie of the year is just one of the best defensive players in the NFL that year. Yeah. And What's his t- name a few years ago from the Colts led the league in tackles as a rookie to win. Darius the Leonard, Aaron Donald, um, Micah
3: Parsons. My, Micah Parsons. Like you, you could make arguments like they got defensive player of the year votes. Right. It'd be like you have like Nick a season, but you're a rookie. <laughs> maybe a little, not quite that good, but you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like, well, he was a second rounder and he had seven and a half sacks. Well, it's like, yeah, so-and-so led the league in interceptions and is a pro bowler who was a second round pick. Right. And it was clearly like a top five corner. Like that's usually the guy, you know, let's say Patrick Sertain. I'm not saying he did, but let's say he had nine picks. Mm. Like, you don't like Patrick Surtain? No, no.
2: Is, is Sertain the one the Niners could have had when they traded back? Uh, or no, Asante Samuel jr. That's who it yeah, was. Yeah. Asante Samuel jr. Aaron banks, even though we uh, saw Aaron banks today, he looked,
3: we thought he looked a little thinner. I thought he looked a little slimmer.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marcus Peters, the last DB to win the award had eight picks and two touchdowns as a rookie in 2015. Actually, I'm sorry. Mar uh, Marshawn Lattimore run it with, um, five interceptions
3: again. So both those two guys
2: on their rookie year were immediately pro bowl guys. <laughs> I love this list, John. Here are your defense rookie of the years. Micah Parsons, Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Darius Leonard, Marshawn Lattimore, Joey Bosa, Marcus Peters, Aaron Donald, Sheldon Richardson, Luke Keekley, Vaughn Miller, and Dominican Sue. Let's go back to 2010. So, Defensive Rookie of the Year basically means, yeah, you're about to be a stud. D'Amico Ryans won it the year before Patrick Willis won it.
3: I don't think you listed anyone that wasn't like a top, either a first or second round pick. Well, like, there was I mean, no like undrafted free agents. <laughs>
2: So I would uh, I would not take like a fifth round pick just because you can get a t- hundred to one odds or something. Brian Cushing, Gerard Mayo, Patrick Willis, D'Amico Ryan, Sean Sh- Merriman, Jonathan Vilma, Terrell Suggs, Julius Peppers, Kendrell Bell, linebacker for the Steelers, probably had a bunch of sacks. I'm guessing on a Nine. really good team probably helped. Yeah, second team All Pro as a rookie. Uh, Brian Urlacher, Javon Kirst, Charles Woodson, Peter Bulware, Simeon Rice, Hugh Douglas. I mean, the list is just yeah. It's, it's defensive Rookie of the Years are just the. Best if Drake
3: Jackson were to win it, he's you're basically assured to have like another star on the team. Right? Yeah, he's an
2: all pro. I mean, he's <laughs> he's an all pro. <laughs> it's just a. Ridiculous I pro- stuff. I, then I probably wouldn't bet him. Yeah, you'd have to take. Well, but we talked about it like this in in this particular draft. There were a ton of defensive linemen, right? right? But none that anyone thought, I mean, KV, uh, Kayvon, Yeah, but it wasn't w- anyone that was like, obviously Nick Bosa, right?
3: But let's say Thibodeau has like 11 sacks and is like a second team all pro. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but like he would immediately be the guy, even if he's on a shitty team, right, you, right, right? Aaron Donald, when he got to the Rams, they were terrible. Like if you, if it's like, God, kavon should have been the number one overall pick. Like if it's that clear year one he will win Defensive Player of the Year and he'll just be the star on the Giants, right? Or Jeremiah Johnson or whoever. Like, if they just like, this is one of the best defensive players in the league. He'll be the pick and then they will be like, this guy's just going to be a star in the league. Like, I bet Micah Parsons, don't you think a lot of people like preseason are going to pick him to be the Defensive Player of the Year this year? Yeah. You know, a guy like that. Yeah, him, Him, Nick Bosa, I would say. Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett. I mean, it'll be a crew of like six guys.
2: He'll be one of them. Jets will be playing with the lead a lot, so maybe Sauce Cardinal will get a bunch of picks. The lead in practice. <laughs> Kyle Hamilton, never a bad bet. That's not he just have to get some picks. Yeah. Uh Kair Elam, cornerback Bills, like you're gonna be he's gonna ball's gonna be in the air. Yeah. It's Buffalo.
3: Well, he's a guy, right? He has n- seven picks. And They're the one seed, and it's like, is Elam uh, the second-best corner in the league behind Jalen Ramsey? Boom. Pro Bowl, defense player of the year. That's what happened to Lattimore, right? Went to a really good team, was awesome, clearly was elite. He's been a star ever since. Yeah. Bruce Smith did wear 78. That's a good call. Yeah. Pulled it off pretty well, too. I mean, they're outliers, right? Bruce Smith, uh, what's his name for the Chiefs forever? Uh, he died in a car accident. Derek Thomas, yeah, Derek Thomas. What number did he wear? I think 58, but that feels. And he was like technically an outside linebacker. I mean, I've always, you know, Von Miller did the same thing. You know, outside, like when I look at Von Miller, he's a pass rusher, he's a a defensive end. You know, you're saying he should have been wearing 97? Yeah, like even Alden stood up a lot. Like Alden was was a lineman, right? I didn't view Alden like. To me, a linebacker is like Fred
2: Warner, Luke Keekley Alden Smith went forward. Linebackers go sideways, backwards. That's true. But it feels like there's edge rushers are like in a different category where they can wear numbers in the 50s.
3: Yeah, but wouldn't you, like Vaughn, like, okay, an edge rusher. But when you say the word
2: edge rusher, do you think linebacker or or defensive lineman? Defensive, and, yeah, defensive yeah. lineman.
3: Like I put Alden, Vaughn in that category, right? You say
2: Khalil, edge rusher. Yeah, Khalil Mack. Um, if the Rams and Niners trade coaches, would they project the same win loss? I think so. Yeah, they'd both be good. The difference is the Niners would need a new coach in two years when McVay leaves.
3: Did you say the Rams are the pretty heavy favorite to win the division. Yes, have to be right with everyone returning and the quarterback. They're probably the favorite to win the NFC, right? I mean, I, I, the odds might are probably pretty close to them in Tampa. But like, just if you were betting, who would you? You'd have to pick the Rams, right? I'd pick the Rams. I mean, I I don't
2: think. Camp has a new you, coach. New coach. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't do the whole football gods, blah 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 blah, all that shit. I'm not saying that. But she made him retire, guy. Tom retiring for 40 days and then coming back like Lent or something. It's just I don't. It could be weird. That's all I'm saying. It could be weird. I would ride with the defending champs. You know who Icky Johnson is.
3: The former football player that had his arm, who got in the bad, he's like a motivational speaker now. He played at the University of Tennessee. He get, he had a tackle, I think, like late '90s. Arm went numb, lost his arm. He's like a motivational oh. speaker now. Teams okay. have him, Inky so, in- with an N, inky. yeah, Inky. So the the Bucks, he speaks to a lot of colleges. He speaks to like companies. The B- Todd Bowles brought him in. There must be buddies with him. They did this picture. The Bucks tweeted out this morning of like him speaking to the team. You know who was in the like front and center, front row, sitting there? Tom? Yeah. You just think, like, teachers and coaches are big on their – like, when I was at Fresno State, tell everyone, sit in the front row, sit in the front row, sit in the front row. Tom's just sitting in the front row. Now, granted, he was, like, on the steps. Like, there are all these chairs, and then in the middle, there's, like, steps that go up. He had a roller, but, like, he was front and center. It's pretty uh... – <laughs> Really, it's a big benefit. Like Smart people sit there, stage you engage. Dumb people just forces you to listen. I was always back because I didn't have to pay attention.
2: Not asleep, but also not totally awake. Like, Were you a front class sitter? Depend on the class, probably. Very. Probably early in my life, yes, and then as time went on, less so. In college, if it was like a big stadium seating type situation, Never in the front, no same. I would have gone for inky. I would have gone for inky, Yeah, would have gone for inky. Um, all right, Warriors Celtics tonight, if you're watching this before Wednesday, I think this has a chance if you're watching this or listening to this before the game, I think Boston is the best environment there is in in basketball. Uh, and Belichick, I can't Jack Portnoy portnoy and draymond gonna do like a podcast post i feel like portnoy this is all leading up to him and draymond collaborating this is the way portnoy's playbook usually goes right so i think that's going to work out but um the warriors were this close to playing in miami like the warriors were one game away from playing the heat and playing in a in an arena that is just beneath steph curry and draymond green and the nba finals like Everyone's everyone's wearing white, and they're just hanging, and nobody's really into it in Miami. I honestly, I, it's, it's beneath an NBA Finals Warriors matchup. Steph Curry and Draymond and Clay and these guys, Kevon Looney, they belong in an NBA Finals in the Garden. They belong there, right? Like this, their careers are more complete because they're going to have a Finals in the Garden instead of a Finals on South Beach. Agreed. They played and, some good. Uh, I mean, Cle- Cleveland brought it, and the
3: Raptors brought it. I mean, they played in some pretty good ones. This would be the best.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are somebody pointed out to me on Twitter. Like oh, sometimes like small markets are great, right? Like Oklahoma City, great environment. Indiana, phenomenal environment. Magic, you know, peak Sacramento, great. Um, a lot of these places, when they're good, are good. are like really good. Miami, they're really good, and it is so average from a crowd standpoint on TV, and Boston is just. You know, I I mean, let's face it. Is Miami just kind of a bad sports town given the environment of the city? Yeah, I sure feels that way. I mean, it's hard, right? Because like the Marlins are ever any good. Tampa's good, but I don't blame anybody for not going to those games. Uh, I guess that's not Miami, but I know what you
3: mean. I mean, I honestly, I feel Tampa kind of falls closer to that category, too. It doesn't feel like Tampa, even with Tom Brady, like some fucking. Yeah, it's Raucous environment, does it? It's a good point. It just feels like Florida just doesn't have the vibes.
2: No. We're just you so know- lucky that the Warriors got a Boston series. I can't wait to see Draymond against this crowd. Yeah. Can't either. Belichick, Portnoy, Draymond. You know, the other night I was watching. Wall- game- Wahlberg. I got Wahlberg. Uh, is N- Neil Diamond going to do the anthem? Is he still with us?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, he's
2: still with us, I think. I got pissed off the other day because um, game one, they didn't show the starting lineups. They showed the anthem. They did not show the starting lineups, which I think is insane. Like, if I ran a local team television network, I would insist that we show the starting lineups every night, whether it's NBA or Major League Baseball. Let's show the let's show it's a show. It's it's everybody on Earth who is a sports fan has some idea of the song they'd want to play when they get introduced of what it's like. How many people have done that? And now here I come through the everybody does starting lineups in their head for themselves. It's such a show. you got to do it. My take was, imagine Vince McMahon having the WWE, and you turn it on, and they just start the wrestling. Nobody walks down the tunnel or walks down the ramp. They just start the wrestling. Like, walking down the ramp is part of the thing. Well, then a buddy of mine who works for ABC texted me. He's like, well, the problem is they keep the lights down for starting lineups, And it's hard for us to show. It doesn't come across good on television if the lights are down for the lineups. We can't really shoot it. It doesn't look good. I was like, all right. And he said they refused to turn the lights on for us, for television. It's like, all right, well, I guess I kind of get that. But The the Warriors. Well, just like teams in general. Yeah, Yeah. like they want to do their show in the building. But I could swear I've seen light down starting lineups that look pretty good. I just... I think oh. it's such a missed opportunity for big games, not to have the starting lineups.
3: Yeah. You're talking about the actual guys running out. Yeah. high yeah. through their own guy. It's six foot
2: four from yeah. Davidson number 30. Oh, and the crowds booing and high five in his teammates. Yes, You need that man. Like, and then this when the last guy comes through, you get together and you start doing the hype. Yes. <laughs> this is a show. This is a show. Like, let's like, come uh, on. I agree. All right. Uh, well, the Niners, you and I, have. you have suggested maybe Kyle cancels things on Thursday. If he doesn't, then we'll be back with another uh, live report from practice. But we'll see what's going on.
1: Peace. Later, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun?